What up, ADD Master... I don't know what we call our fans. Listeners? Master... I don't know. They're not masterminds, but they are kind of, sort of. (laughs) They're master minions. Master minions. What up, ADD Master Minions? I'm John Howie. And I'm Jeff Hendricks. And we are here to talk about random stuff we're here to nerd you up i like that as like a uh that's like our um yeah wow okay so bad news for y'all um jason bakoski is off podcast indefinitely without a w (laughs) did i say bakoski or bakowski (laughs) <laughs> if only I could rewind this. I am not stopping recording to find out. I'm pretty no. sure I said because the recording must the recording must go on. And I don't believe and, in editing, uh, so that's staying. So I know, right? It just makes <laughs> it so much easier if you just don't edit anything. So welcome to ADD Masterminds, guys. It's been a while. Um, last week we had the unofficial official gritty reboot, which was kind of like a reboot 2.0 because. John and Jason did an episode before that, but um, yeah. now we're back with more usness and yeah. uh, less Bukowski-ness, which yeah. unfortunately we'll have to wait for him. Now I totally understand what Jason's up to because, Me like, too. we took a year off, um, and uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm looking at the video feed in in Hangouts here, and and it's and it's showing my face my video feed in the corner and it says you <laughs> in white letters on it. Yeah. Mine says I that obviously, too. cause I obviously don't know which one of these is, uh, is me. <laughs> <laughs> We're like separated at birth. <laughs> I know. Right. Like, Oh, thank goodness. That one says you, because otherwise I wouldn't know. <laughs> Anyways. Um, you know, so uh, I know part of this what was, you know, what Jason was saying on social media, and I thought it'd be cool to touch on this without actually getting into politics, really. But um, right. he said that he's sick of all the pol- politics and religion bashing, which I'm sick Oof. of, too. I have like yeah, there's quite a bit of that. I've unfollowed so many people on Facebook. It's ridiculous. Oh, I, I also yeah. left some groups over it, so. Well, really yeah, one group, yeah. but anyways. Um, but anyways, I, it's just, we want ADD Masterminds to be a break from all that garbage. Um, we're not going to be here to bash <laughs> religion. Um, we're definitely not going to bash our own, <laughs> but we're not going to bash others either. No, and that's so, not what we're about. ADD Masterminds is your safe place. So curl up <laughs> on the couch or get your safety blanket um, in your car or while you're running on the treadmill. I don't know who listens to mute, like podcasts while they run on a treadmill, but if you do, I don't oh, judge no. you. This is a safe place. Right. So you could pretend if you're running on a treadmill listening to our podcast, you can imagine that we're like in a uh, in a, in an ADD mastermind alien spider tank and we're chasing you and you just run your little hearts out like hamster wheels um or something like that that is a great image you gotta get one of those man i totally want a spider spider tank tank. that shoots lasers acme lasers there we go there's our spot right there how you like that acme best only the best spider tank lasers acme lasers there you go (laughs) you could spin a laser web and annihilate oh, everybody that okay is, no yeah uh quick recap last week we went through uh my top 20 albums of all time which yes, we did. um from what i understand looking forward or back in time i can tell that it was a great hit and you have lots of questions about that but you can submit those questions to at add masterminds at uh on twitter and we will be more than happy to answer your questions and or rantings, but don't talk about politics because we'll block you. Uh, just That's right. This is no politics. There's other podcasts for politics, and this is not the yeah, one. Like a billion of them, and we're not that. Because when you're taking over the world, you don't need politics. <laughs> just saying. Right? 
I mean, am I right? Can I get a witness? What? Yeah. Okay. Totally. So did what's we on the ever talk tonight, John? Did we ever talk about like how I, I totally didn't hear you there, but you, you were asking about the ADD master list, right? That is correct. All right. Okay. My first topic is winners and losers and uh, how there's I'm just competitive people in general. Today I had to do a challenge. I had to challenge my um, asbestos worker course today. And me and a couple co-workers, it was like, oh, whoever, whoever gets the worst mark has to buy everybody else beers. And I don't drink beer. But I was like, why, why do we always have to be winners and losers with everything? You know, is that like what makes things interesting? You know, um, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I'm not really a competitive guy. Uh, I, I'm really not. Like, I like to, to play sports just because I enjoy them. Yeah. I don't really care if I win or lose. So Andy and I, my, my, my minion number two, yeah. he and I were going to the park one day, and the entire park was filled, and I mean filled, with four-year-olds playing t-ball. Huh. Now, if you're not familiar with this particular quote-unquote sport, <laughs> um, it is <laughs> John's laughing because he knows what t-ball is. T-ball is when you have kids trying to play baseball, but they're too little to actually pitch and hit a pitch. So they yeah. put the ball on this little rubber tube in front of home plate, and they just whack it off the tube with the bat. And then they run, sometimes in the right direction, and they pretend like they're playing baseball. So right. the whole idea behind this is that you're teaching the kids good sportsmanship. You're teaching them how to take turns. You're teaching them how to win and lose and how to whack balls off of rubber tubes, um, hit things with bats. You know, I mean, you're kind of teaching them things. But my argument with that is, one, I think the whole idea of uh, having an actual like competition series for t-ball is kind of dumb because like you don't need competition leagues for kids to whack things with bats and run. <laughs> so <laughs> I just kind of, you know, the, I, the whole idea behind that, I'm just not a big fan of. Um, but then again, I mean, I'm biased because I'm not really into professional sports to begin with. I I just don't really care. So a lot of so, people I know uh, live and die by professional sports. They yeah. spend more money on football game tickets than I do on food in a month. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I, I can't explain that, but they just, there's something that they connect with about it, and I just don't. So, so what I got I from know. that is you hate little kids that play t ball, right? Can't stand them. <laughs> no um no i get what you're saying and here's my thing is i'm uh i i decided i think it was in like junior high that i was going to cheer the provincial team i was going to cheer the vancouver canucks because i lived in bc um okay. and um i was pretty pretty hardcore about them right never really right. been a person though that's like you suck because you're cheering a different team Never really yeah. understood that kind of mentality because it's like this thing where, you know, like generally in life, if someone's sad, you don't laugh at them, right? Generally. Um, right. You don't make fun of people that are sad, right? Yeah. But in sports, that's okay. And I'm like, why is yeah. that? Like, why do people get so nasty? Um, and that's kind of what we're seeing, you know, what Jason was struggling with on Facebook is the same kind of attitude, right? About different things. Right. And there's just certain yes. realms where it's okay. But we would never have somebody say, oh, um, my mom died. And somebody laugh because it's like, well, you know, you always thought your mom was better than mine. And so I'm happy now. You know, like you would never do that. And so it's just weird to me that there's certain areas within our human behavior where it's okay to rejoice in someone else's misfortune. Yeah. Um, and, and, of course, there's people that take it too far. Um, I think the real problem that you run into with things like hardcore professional sportsers, for lack of a better phrase, what you call them, I don't even know, fans, I guess, super fans. Annoying fans. 
annoying super fans is that they take it personally. Like if like I've told you the story on on ADD Masterminds before. Oh yeah. I went into a store wearing a red shirt one day, a red yes. and black shirt, and the Saints were playing the Falcons that day, and I got the nastiest looks. I mean, people were like throwing major shade at me, and I'm walking through Walmart looking for coffee cream. I'm like, what the heck is everybody giving me the stink eye for? And then I realized I'm wearing a red and black shirt in South Louisiana when the Saints are playing the Falcons. And I was just like, this is the dumbest thing ever. I hate just the whole idea that it can do that to people, that they would they would make assumptions on my character just based on what color shirt, because they assumed I was a Falcons fan. And it was just right. the dumbest thing ever. It's so dumb. And it's such a bad side of human character. And I don't understand how anyone as a Christian can behave that way. Like, and I know I've had this conversation with my mom and she's like, Oh no, no, that's just the way people behave with sports. You need to stop being so serious. And I'm like, I just, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand why we have to do that. Yeah. I know some people that take it in, in fun, you know, they poke fun at other people, but it, but it's, yeah, it's done in a joking nature. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of like, you know, even just like how, bros do that right where they'll make fun of somebody else's fat belly or whatever i don't know i just think it's got something you got to be careful with and it seems unnecessary it's coarse joking that you got to really be careful that you're not actually being a jerk and it's funny how it's spilling over into the way people treat each other over religion and politics too and i'm like i don't understand why people are so nasty well, I'll throw out this idea, John. I think a large reason why, the majority of the reason why people act that way to each other is because deep down they want to belong to something. They they want to belong yeah. to a bigger organism. And to do that, you have to ex- there has to be something other than the organism, you know. Um yeah. there's always the, if you belong to a group, then that means there's somebody that doesn't belong to the group. And so that gives yeah. you a feeling of, well, I belong. I belong to a winning team or a winning group or a higher education class, or I belong to this, you know, socioeconomic, whatever. And it makes you feel better about yourself, even though you didn't actually do anything about it, you know, but it gives you a sense of belonging and accomplishment through, uh, through proxy, you know, that's interesting. It is, it is. And then you can take that and throw hate on other people that are not in your group because that makes you feel even better about yourself because, you know, you're elevating yourself, pushing other people down, which, of course, we always teach our kids. You can't improve yourself by putting other people down. That doesn't work, you know, (laughs) unless no. But I mean, that's the thing, right? (laughs) And so, I mean, yeah. And that's I mean, that was on my topic list, too. Insults are childish. I'm like, all it does is show that you're a big kid. If you feel like you need to talk down to people, right? Right. It's interesting too, though. I think you were talking about the belonging to a group. And I, I was listening to, um, it was kind of a Q&A with a guy named Jordan Peterson, who's like probably one of the most famous Canadians right now. He's a professor. But um, somebody said, huh. you know, because of all these things that, you know, generally white people have accomplished, do you think we can be proud to be white? Without getting into all the politics of it, I just thought it was interesting that this person said this, can we be proud to be white? And Peterson kind of replied and said, that's something you were born with. How can you be proud of anything you were born with? You didn't accomplish it, right? And I was thinking about that. I'm like, there's so many things we haven't accomplished ourselves that we try to be proud of, which is silly. And to right. put down someone else because they were born a different place or born a different color is just ridiculous. Like, it's, yeah. there's no reason for it. You, it's the very definition of, like, um, I guess, with, for lack of a better word, privilege, right? Like, it's just you're, you're born that way. You were blessed with whatever you were blessed with. So then to look down on right. somebody who's not blessed the same way is stupid. Not that I'm saying being white makes you more blessed than anyone else. I'm like, I like all the colors. Right. And what I try and, and, and teach my kids is that there are differences in culture and, and race and things like that. But the, the differences that we see 
are not necessarily a measure of value the way God sees people. Yeah. Um, and there are always exceptions to the rule. Always. So you can stereotype Italians as being very loud and argumentative and, you know, whatever, but there's always exceptions to the rule. And any social group that you have of any kind, there are always exceptions. And so I, I tell my kids, yeah, you, you know, profiling in certain things is expected because that's human nature. You make assumptions based on appearances for safety reasons or for whatever. Police do it all the time. People walking through the city do it all the time. Um, drivers do it all the time. I mean, it's just, you know, oh, hey, look, he drives a BMW. He must be a jerk, you know. Right. We make these kind of judgments all the time, but there's always exceptions to the rule. Always, always. So, yeah. you know, I try and teach my kids and don't, you can, you can make snap judgments on, you know, like personal safety and things like that. Okay, whatever. But on a person to person basis, they could be an exception. And so you, when you get to interpersonal react, uh, relationships on a person to person basis, you can never assume anything because, yeah, you know, I know guys who were raised in the ghetto that are smarter than I am, that are erudite, well-educated, um, just brilliant people all around, wonderful people to be around. But if you judge them based on their upbringing, you would never give them a chance. You know, over yeah. time they prove themselves. But if you didn't get to know them on a one-to-one basis, you would never know that, well, hey, look, they might be the exception to the rule, you know. Right. Um, I, I know white people that can play funk music. That does actually happen. I mean, they do exist. There's exceptions to the rule, you know. So... <laughs> But uh, yeah, and, and the thing is, is, you know, the whole reason we even do things like that is because our minds are conditioned to look for differences. And uh, sometimes those uh, stereotypes can be helpful, right, when there's danger. Like if you see someone with a knife, maybe the stereotype is that person will stab you. I don't know. Right. And I think the biggest thing that I've, that I try and, and teach my kids about that is you can, you can analyze a person's behavior, not necessarily their appearance. That's if right. If I see somebody that's acting shady in a dark corner at night in town, yeah, obviously I'm going to be suspicious because that's not normal. Uh, if they're just like bebopping down the street or whatever, and they might be wearing a hoodie and just kind of minding their own business, I mean, I think anything of it, you know, but if they're constantly yeah. looking around them, watching behind their back and, you know, looking like they're, you know, watching their six all the time, maybe they're just being cautious or maybe they're just making sure nobody's following them or I, I don't know. But, you know, those are the kind of things that you, you, you kind of, there are real times when you have to be careful of uh, watching what other people are doing and pay yeah. attention, you know? Yeah. And you know, I, I, I would also attach that to like people that you are warned about. I mean, there's been a few cases in my life where people are like, oh, watch out for this person. They're undependable or, you know, this person is dishonest or something like that. And I'd rather give those people the benefit of the doubt, the chance to show me what kind of person they are. <laughs> Absolutely. Jeff has toys out. <laughs> I'm, I've, I've got a, uh, I have a figure of, of uh, Hero and Baymax from Big Hero 6. Great and movie. And I'm making them fly around on the screen on my, on my camera. That was a great movie. Uh, San Francisco. Yeah. So my daughter is into, into cosplays. My oldest daughter, she really likes going to comic conventions dressed as characters from cartoon shows. And she is the next one she's going to as Honey Lemon from uh, Big Hero 6. Who's Honey Lemon? I can't remember. She's the, the, the tall one with glasses that has the, the, the little purse with the chemical things in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Honey Lemon. So she's going to go awesome. as Honey Lemon, which is pretty cool. And she's got like the, exactly the, the dress and the glasses and the shoes and everything. It looks amazing. Sick. So, um, yeah, pretty cool stuff. Anyways, um, I need her around because when we become rulers of the world, um, we're going to need, you know, like, <laughs> like in a mega mind where he's like, bring me the baby seal <laughs> cape, you know, I'm just like, 
I need somebody to make a, you need a proper villain, super villain costume. If you're going to take over the world, <laughs> you want to do it with style. That's right. That's right. Man. Anyways. Oh, was that, what is it? Uh, oh, what's the movie? Hail Galaxar. Oh, was it Monster vs. Aliens? Have you seen Monsters vs. Aliens? That was a great movie, yeah. That yeah. That's, I like, it's funny how that movie didn't do well, but it's like, I just, I love it. It was funny. And like, I like how it's, I come in peace. And then he's like, none of you, not very many of you will survive. And then it's like, in summary, I come in peace and not very many of you will survive. Yeah, it's pretty great. Or the villain backstory. That's my favorite like time of a villain telling the backstory because he keeps getting interrupted by the cloning machine. And I was yeah. like, nah, uh, and that's <laughs> so good. Anyways. Hey, so yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite things to do right now on Facebook is to find something ridiculous. Like usually it's like a flat earther thing or something like that that looks remotely sciencey and just post it yeah. and put hashtag science. I know. I love that. Right. It's so much that, fun. That's pretty great. I think yeah, it's my new then thing. then you get like all kinds of these goofy responses and stuff. So I watched a really interesting documentary the other day. My wife and I watched one called Is Genesis History? Are you familiar with this show? No. But I it mean, it's a long really time well ago, done. so I would say it is. <laughs> is it history? Well, it's certainly not current events. But um, <laughs> the the show was about the scientific feasibility of the events of Genesis being true, actual, literal truth. Um, and it was really well done. It usually, like when you watch shows like or any kind of uh, stuff by creationists like Ken Ham, Ken Ham has some good points. He's also recognized as a, as a wacko because he... Uh, he he beats it into people's heads, um, which, I mean, I can understand. I can appreciate beating people in the head. I mean, you know, I enjoy that also. But <laughs> but the uh, the thing with, with this show uh, is Genesis History was they didn't really mention religion as far as, um, you know, faith. They were actually trying to look at it from an analytical, objective view, and they were saying that a lot of the things that we've we've been taught about the creation of the Earth and fossil records, uh, the Great Flood, things like that, a lot of those things are misinterpreted because they were formulated around a certain paradigm. In other words, it's very common in science for um, they, what they call um, confirmation bias. You come up with an answer first, and then you go look for evidence to support it. Yeah, for um, sure. Very, very common, very common downfall of quote-unquote scientific studies. Right. So what these guys hashtag were doing, science. they had biologists. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, hashtag science, exactly. So what these guys were doing was they had these biologists and geologists and all these different scientists who, who do science for a living, you know, right. they, they do. And they were explaining how all of these different sedimentary layers and these different large deposit formations across all of them, the way that they're formed, if you look at it from a severe catastrophic event paradigm, instead of a gradual process paradigm, I said, it also makes sense, you know, based on the way that if there was a giant flood, this is kind of what it would look like, what we see. Right. You know, and it, it still doesn't explain all of, again, neither does, neither do evolutionists. So, you know, so it was very challenging. And there was one, one of the, I think, marine biologists who was like, they were talking about kinds of animals. Like when it says that Noah had the ark and they had all the animals of different kinds, two of each kind, he was like, you can recognize a cat when you see one, right? Any breed of cat, 
Why? Because it's very cat-like. It's a kind of a cat, right? right? So, and he was looking at like different kinds of uh, phylum, you know, like uh, echinoderms, like a sea star, a starfish doesn't look exactly like a sea urchin, but when you look at the way they're structured, it's actually pretty similar. Right. You know, the way that they're structured and there's a whole family of animals that are like that. And that's a kind of animal. And so he was talking about, you know, like bears, uh, cats, dogs, horses, things like that. You know, there were all these different phylum that were kinds. And he said, just looking at the way dogs have been bred over the last 100 years from a common ancestor. Right. With all the genetic material, they were saying, let's say, for instance, the flood happened 10,000 years ago. And that's a bit of a stretch. But I mean, you know, it was probably not even that long ago. But let's assume, assume 10,000 years. Right. You can have quite a bit of genetic variation in 10,000 years. Um, enough to easily account for all the different varieties of cats they have, you know, from lions to tigers and leopards and, you know, panthers, whatever. So yeah. it was really interesting. And, and he was saying, they were also saying that the way that the earth was formed was much more catastrophic than people think. And it happened a lot faster than people think. And then the processes slowed down. So we're basing all of our history on how fast things progress now but if those things were more fast, more more catastrophic, much faster in the past, and then slowed down, then you don't really have an accurate representation of time. That sounds like a really intriguing theory. I'll have to. It was, I'll have to see it. Um, if you get a chance, yeah, do. it's really good. Because what's interesting, I mean, I think a lot of the criticism of Ken Ham too is that it's like he's just trying to bend everything around the biblical narrative. When the Bible isn't really right. a science textbook, right? So, but I mean, right. I'm I'm open to hearing it. <laughs> I'll have to see it, well, yeah, because I'm I'm not really. I mean, for sure, I know that adaptation happens. What I'm not convinced of is cross species adaptation. Right. There's that's where foundational things. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's where I'm at with it. But I mean, like, it's not going to make or break my faith. <laughs> You know, how exactly no. all this went down. Because, I mean, when it comes down to it, the Bible was written to talk about humanity and their relationship with God. And every bit of it, Correct. I know, is beneficial to me understanding our relationship with God. And so, I don't right. know. It's I haven't spent a lot of time looking into Genesis. Um, it's a tough one, though. Like, if you're going to do apologetics with it, it's really tough because i to see an it atheist is. go from not believing in god at all to jumping to believing in god based on somebody's take on science i don't know of that ever happening <laughs> right and so but i'm um, yeah like i said i'm intrigued i i'd like could. to hear it yeah. yeah and the whole idea is they they talk a lot about paradigms and in the modern scientific educational world there is a paradigm that leans a certain way. And then you have guys like Ken Ham who lean in the same fashion another way. Yeah, exactly. And so, right. And I think that's what turns a lot of people off of guys like Ken Ham is that he is just as obnoxiously in your face annoying about it as the evolutionists are. And they, yeah. you know, they go to town and attack anybody that, that even dares to question it. Oh, definitely. Um, but at the, but at the same time, you, you know, when you see that kind of gut reaction, it's like we were talking about earlier about belonging to a group and the other people, you know, and that nastiness comes out and they start getting, they get mean. Oh, for sure. You know? It's I mean, like I've, no discussion. I've been attacked by, I've yeah. been attacked by that, uh, by them more than once. Yeah. And uh, for just saying that I didn't believe that we all came from a common genetic ancestor, that right. the fossil record didn't support it and science doesn't support it. And they went bananas. Oh, on I'm sure. I was like, oh, yeah. it was nuts, you know, but it, it's that meanness coming out. And they were just like, oh, you're in that group, you know, and they I, immediately stereotype me. I used to get into arguments like that. And like, I, I remember at one point it dawned upon me. They're like, OK, well, you believe in this prophet 
you know, I don't know if they were calling Jesus a prophet, but it was kind of like right. the idea. Every religion kind of starts with a prophet, and then you build everything around what that prophet said, right? Let's say, just to, for simplicity's sake, right? Okay. And then I'm like, okay, well, you guys have a prophet named Charles Darwin. <laughs> See where I'm going yes. with this? And it's like yes. they built all of their belief system around something some dude in the 1800s said. And then it's every right. time they find a fossil, they're like, oh, well, where does this fit in this construct we already built? Correct. And so, I, yeah, bias. I used to really have a beef with that. And now I'm not as, I don't know, I just don't worry about it as much. <laughs> so, um, well, the thing is, is that it, it, you can argue about it all day long, but it's very rare that you're going to change somebody's mind about it based on just arguing internet facts. And because, you know, we all know how, how effective that is. Yeah. <laughs> but, and we've had this discussion, uh, my evil mastermind wife and I, yeah. um, we've had a discussion about that. Like you can preach to people all day long. I can go into a building and I can say the exact same words that Billy Graham said the exact right. same way in the exact same area and you know, place and everything. And it will not have the same effect. Why? Because people having truth revealed to them is only possible if God opens their eyes to it. That's right. And we forget that. Like if maybe if I just preach a little bit harder or maybe if I just, you know, put a little more spin on this and I make it a little more attractive. And then it's like, but if God isn't opening their hearts to it, they're not going to care one way or the other. Well, and I think part of it too, is you got to do you. And I, I think that's kind of my fear a little bit with some of this apologetic stuff that's coming out is that people are like, Oh, okay. First I got to, um, what does it say here? I got to say, hello. Um, what's your name? And they got a script, right? They're running a script, and it's not, it's not yeah. natural. And I guess what I'm finding for myself is I, I'm, I'm convinced that my calling is to just open people's minds just a little bit. Open people's right. minds to oh. a perspective they may not have heard of. Because I spend a lot of time studying everybody's perspective on everything, which is a bit confusing, True. but it's just that's where I live, right? And right. so... And so when I meet somebody who I sense is like a little off base, I'll be like, what about this? It's not even really playing devil's advocate so much as it is just like, have you thought of this? Right. And it's just, just planting seeds. Right. And I'll do that right. with people who are non-believers, but I will do that with believers too. Cause I'm like, Whoa, okay, oh, yeah, dude, yeah. like you don't understand these people at all. Right. And so so right. I know that's my style, right? And and I think there's still people that are struggling to find their style, and so they will recite Billy Graham and hope that it does it. And it's like, no, 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 you got to do you, right? It's like we all have different callings, we all have different right. styles. Um, something I really people like though listen is listen to. Uh huh. Do I ever listen to? Do well, I was gonna say when. People tend to listen to um, something that's spoken genuinely from your experience. Yeah. Like I can tell somebody, well, I don't know what this, you know, witnessing tract says about Jesus, but I can tell you what I know about him from my experience. Yeah. And it's really hard to argue with what somebody has experienced firsthand, you know, um, and they can take that for what they want to. But if you just tell people, what you've seen and heard and, and what you know is true, then, you know, they can take it or leave it. They, they don't have to believe you, but if they're inclined to believe you, then that gives them something to think about. It's called witnessing. Yeah. With your life, not with a, a, a script. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, I mean, witnessing though, it's like, I saw this, I experienced this. You're just sharing a story about what happened to you. And it's funny how yeah. witnessing it's like, Oh, that means, giving people the 12 steps to whatever, right? And it's like, no, 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 it's, share your story, man. I, what I really like, actually, as far as apologetics go, is, um, is it Nate Sala from uh, Clear Lens? I, I could just listen to that yeah. dude all day. He's amazing. But um, <laughs> I'm a big fan. We know some cool guys. 
Yeah. I don't really know him. I, I guess I've interacted with him a little bit online. We're friends on Facebook, but like, I don't know. Anyways. Um, Close enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Name dropping. Um, but his uh, first date evangelism. Every time he says it, I think he says first aid, but it's actually first date. And it's like this idea that when you meet someone who's not a believer, you don't start. I mean, talk to them, approach them the same way you would on a first date. It's like, what can you talk about on the first date? Repent, sinner! <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, you, you, don't, you don't go on a first date with a girl, and while you're sitting at the dinner table and you, she just introduced herself to you, you start telling her about, well, here's what I think you need to change about your, you know, about our, our marriage. And, and like, wait, whoa, 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 you skipped a couple steps there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm a big fan of that. Um, but I, I still feel like in a lot of cases we approach um, people who don't believe the way we do with a certain level of pride, a certain level of I know stuff and you don't. And and I've said it yep. before on this podcast, trades eases evangelism. I, I just think it's a great idea that just came to me one day. But um, yeah. it's just, just this idea. I think it actually came out right when I was talking on the podcast. But I was just like thinking, this is it, though. Is like, you know, it's like let people share things that they know that you don't. And then you can share something sure. that you know that they don't. Yeah, yeah, and it's, well, yeah. If you're, if you are a believer in Christ, and you really believe that when the when in the Bible, when it says that you will be made new creations, and that God will change you from the inside out, um, that will be noticeable to people who know you. That will be obvious it will be observable by people that you know that's right and if they see that change they will ask you questions about it usually if they you know if they care about you um or if you meet them and they didn't know you before but your attitude is different than everybody else's around and you're positive about all kinds of things and you always have the right thing to say and they may just think, well, he's just a really sharp guy, or they may go, man, there's something different about him. Maybe I'm going to ask him, man, why are you so happy all the time? Why are you so uh, just not flustered by all of this, you know, possibly losing your job? Why does it not bother you, you know? And then you just go, I know God's got my back. I don't have to worry about it. And then you can just tell him, you know, and just be honest. Say, I'm not yeah. worried about it because I don't have to be. Yeah, I don't know. Like somehow too, I know for me, it's like people know I'm a Christian. It just, it comes up. It's like my kids go to a K to 12 school. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a Christian school. <laughs> right. Or it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it seems, it seems it comes up in every conversation I have. And so there's not a whole lot of guessing with people. They just, I, I tell them I'm a Christian. Um, I don't know. I figured out a way to segue it into the conversation. It's not really something that I do like without reason. You know, I, I don't. Right. Just so you know, I'm a Christian. All right. So my I'm name is John. <laughs> so hey, man, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go to you know Lone Star for lunch. Amen, brother. Like no, <laughs> don't. You know. Yeah. Or it's like, uh, all right. So what are we doing today? I'm a Christian. Yeah. Oh, man, I got a flat tire. Let me pray for you, brother. <laughs> can I pray for your soul at the no, same time? Believe. Do you want to accept Jesus before we change this tire? <laughs> yeah. You know what else is flat? It's your life without Jesus. <laughs> uh, you know what we should do is like instead of like uh, bad pickup lines, we should have like bad like... What is it? I don't know if it's Christian pickup lines. It's not really. What was that? Bad witnessing lines. Bad witnessing, Bad witnessing lines. lines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. Hey. So. Being so like professional Jesus jukers. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um. So. So another thing I've been doing. Right. I. I so I kind of go through phases because I. I kept posting. Is blah 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 still a thing? I haven't done that in a while. 
Um, hashtag science is something I was doing lately. A new idea I have is not going to Google this. And so I'll post something that's like just a ridiculous question. And then I post not going to Google this. That's kind of a that's fun a good one. one. I haven't seen you do that yet. I can't I'm, even remember what it was that, that I did last time. So I can't give you a great example, but I can't even come up with one off the top of my head right now. But hey, just watch out for that if you're uh, following me on social media. So, yeah, that would be a really funny segment, like like another popular podcast that uh, is now defunct that had really funny segments about goofy news stories and things like that. And th- th- we could ask really silly questions and then say, not going to Google that, and then oh. see who who comes up with the best answer. Yeah, know, we need a song. It. We need a song for that. All right. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I, I, I came up with an idea. I want to write a song. I was, let me see if I can remember what it was about. Uh, dang it. Now I, I, I thought of the idea and I should have written it down because ADD. Um, I was going to write a song about something really goofy and I cannot remember what it is. It's going to come to me later. It, it always does. Anyways, continue. All right. Hey, so, um, oh yeah. Hey, you know, you know why I was late podcasting? I, I was trying to wow. write a classical music song <laughs> for a, really like yeah yeah kind of classical sounding song and so it's got like uh, what they call cinema strings in Logic Pro and then I added some cello um, and then I had some nice. choir voices I layered over top of that and then I was yeah. just adding a little piccolo line before I joined you and I was like what I was gonna do is I was gonna do some opera in it like sing some opera in it. Oh my because, gosh. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was just basically a ridiculous line from that episode of the podcast where I was going to sing that. But now I really like the way it sounds. I kind of scared to add the opera. I think I might ruin it. So hmm. this will probably yeah, be released the same day as that episode. So, yeah, that's for the other podcast, whatever it's called. Wow. All right. Classical uh, music, huh? Yeah, man. It's my, my version. It's probably not real classical music because, you know, like I'm not like from the 1700s or anything like that. I'm seriously racking my brain trying to remember what that's uh, what I said I wanted to write a song about. It was something totally dumb and I cannot remember what it was, but it was hilarious. All right. I'm going to say right now, I'm going to say right now, the bumper for this song is going to be my I'm going to make it uh, the best sidekick song. I haven't written it yet, but hopefully Ooh. I'll write it before I am able to release this. <laughs> Calling it right song, now. Huh? Yeah. I'm the best sidekick. Yeah, I just think it's a great bragging song. It's like a humble brag, really. All right. I hey, say, I think, yeah, go ahead. Okay, are you going to see Ocean's 8? I don't know if it's even out yet. Uh, probably not. I didn't really like any of the Oceans movies, but it's interesting to me how these movies can become so polarizing because there's a certain segment of the population that have decided it's, it's stupid because it's all women and it's a feminist grab. And then on the flip side, there's other people that say, I have to like it because it's feminist. I'm like, right. how about you guys watch the movie? And actually form an opinion based on how the movie is. Right. Yeah, that's always iffy because you run across, and, and I've seen this happen. I've watched movies that I just didn't like. I just thought they were bad, poorly done movies. Right. But because they were, they were a cultural hotspot at the time, you weren't allowed to say, man, this movie really isn't good. Because they would automatically assume that you were chauvinist and you didn't like it because it featured women or you were whatever stupid thing was, the, you know, whatever of the day is always something. And um, after a while, I just, I, just, I just stopped talking about whether or not I liked movies because, like, especially with movies like Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. So there's th- there's three kinds of Star Wars fans. Okay, that watch Star Wars movies. There's the one that in. they could release a three hour movie 
of 3PO walking in a circle and they would love it. They would buy it. They would put it on repeat and watch it 24 hours a day. I know people like that. It doesn't matter how dumb the movie is. They would watch it. They would say, this is the best piece that Lucasfilm has ever released. It is art of the highest caliber. This is, you know, it deserves all the Oscars. Right. And I would be like, okay, then there's the guys who, who just love to irritate those people. And they will make fun of every Star Wars movie because right. there's something you can make fun of in all of them. You know, I mean, right. duh, it's a spaghetti Western in space. I mean, you can have, you know, you can make totally. fun of something. And then there's guys like me that watch it and go, man, I really like this one. Really didn't like that one. This one had really good parts in it, but I didn't like that. You know, and they look at it from an objective point of view. And so I can watch, like, I really liked Rogue One. That was a really well done movie. I like the characters in it. Yeah, that was a good movie. It wasn't overly CGI'd. It was, I thought it was well done. Right. You know, Um, The Force Awakens hated it. it, was complete Mary Sue. Just the story was bad. The whole thing was just, I didn't like any of it. I liked Except it. for the little rolly robot. That was kind of cute. <laughs> you know, but there is, there's room for things in between. You know, there, yeah, there's, sure. there's parts of, there's parts of some of the Star Wars movies that I really, really liked, and I didn't like any of the rest of the movie. You know, so be an individual, like people. Be an individual. Right. right. Never, never become a fanboy to the point, or fangirl, or a fan minion to the point where you just blindly love every kind of anything from this intellectual property, and it's just like. Well, no, because now they're going to release garbage movies because they know you're going to buy it. Oh, man. This is all, it's like branding. I think we talked about branding before on the podcast, and it's like, I'm an Apple guy. I have to like everything Apple comes out with, right? And I, right. And I think that's part of what turns people off in the way we approach Christianity is that sometimes we can be that person that's why you know you talked about like bashing religions i'm like i am not gonna bash religions i don't do that on facebook because i know that all that appears to be is that i'm a christian fanboy and so i will do whatever i can to make other religions look stupid so why would they listen to me about what's wrong with the other religion i'd rather just demonstrate that christianity works and that right. it's inclusive, that anybody can be a Christian. And so I, I feel like the more we post, you know, anti-things about other religions or anti-things about other points of view, I'm like, it's not helpful. How about we show how good our religion is, right? Right. Yeah. Show, don't tell. Hey. That is... <laughs> Sorry. You, you've heard that phrase before, show, don't tell? Yes. You know what yep. that's in reference to? Um, no, you have to tell me. Okay, so the phrase show, don't tell is very popular in writing circles. Ah, so okay, writing, yes, I've heard that then. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, you, I do. You have a, a character that comes in, walks in the front door. You can't say Mary was a tall blonde who liked such and such and such, and she right. just came from such and such. You don't tell everything. You show it. And so you have her walk in and and you you tell about the character by the things that around her that react to her, like the people that react to her. That's right. You know, or and so that way you kind of you you kind of come to your own conclusions. And part of the, the beauty of part of the beauty of really, really good writers is they will like especially suspense writers, which I have the utmost respect for because I cannot write suspense books to save my life. Although no one's ever threatened my life to write one, so maybe I am, I don't know. But um, <laughs> but what they'll do is they will come up with this amazing storyline and mystery, and then they will write the book in such a way that you think you solved it. Ah, that's brilliant. You know? Well, that's... It's, it's amazing. That's... Totally it. I mean, that's what counseling is, right? Like a good counselor will basically make people just think they're solving their own problem. So what if that was our approach to apologetics is that it's like, no, no, no. 
We want people to think they figured it out themselves. Show, don't tell. Love it. I never thought of the literary connection. That's brilliant. Yes, it's it's, and that's absolutely the case because you can tell people till you're blue in the face, but if they thought they thought it up, then that idea has merit all of a sudden. So what you do is you lay out the pieces and you not necessarily suggest it, but you go, have you ever thought about this and this? Yeah. And then they go, oh, well, what if it means that? And you kind of inside you're going, mm-hmm, yep, yeah. yep. Well, that requires humility because you've got to let them think that they figured it out, right? And yes. It's also art. And I think maybe when we were talking about art before, I already said this, but it's kind of like you're getting out of the way of your art. Right. Wow. It comes right. full circle. Hey, um, yeah, does it? I was totally going to talk about the new Ghostbusters, but I'm not going to. I just wanted Wait. to so I could segue into this. Dude, There's another one? the ghost or the H in ghost is kind of spooky. Ghost. Ghost. It's silent. Ghost. <laughs> we just do like 10 minutes of that. Ghost. Oh. Ghost. Oh, hey, so um, I have this kind of rule about outfits. I have decided that if you have enough confidence, you can rock anything. And so, yeah, so I've been testing this out, right? And I, I made a post to social media like a long time ago. It was actually, I think it was shortly before I did the Wax Museum with Rob Houghton. I think I actually mentioned that on the Wax Museum in our interview. I keep thinking that's this I podcast because it was Rob and it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, this idea that if you have enough confidence, you can rock anything. Um, and so, yeah, I took this photo and stuff and people are like, you go John and all this stuff. And then one of my friends on Twitter, he's like, you look stupid in that outfit. And I'm like, okay, now I've lost my confidence and now I'm not rocking it, (laughs) which means I'm right. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Now I'm correct. (laughs) I'm right. Eat it. (laughs) Loser. No. (laughs) Losers. You're just jealous because you can't rock a leopard print fedora, you know, or whatever it was. Like, no. Okay, another thing I was thinking about is, like, it's just weird to me that I feel like I live in a world where there's a lot of people that are super impressed with shiny things. Yeah. And and I'm just, I'm not. You know, like, if someone came rolling into my driveway... In like a Rolls Royce, or I don't even know what a nice car is, um, an Audi. Yeah, it wouldn't make me like think that. more of them. Like I, I just look at them and I'm like, okay, yeah. Like I mean, that's a nice car, but it doesn't change my opinion of that person. I, yeah. And when I meet people who are overly impressed with that stuff, it really shocks me, and I don't really understand those people. Yeah. It's it's a form of stereotyping. You know, uh, there was a guy who lived on my street a couple years ago who lived in a single-wide mobile home trailer, was pretty ratty, run down, and he had a, he had a Dodge Viper in the driveway. <laughs> and, uh, which I would always laugh about it and go, man, he's got his priorities straight. But uh, <laughs> he wouldn't take that thing. And go driving down the street. And, of course, if you've never heard a Dodge Viper go down the street at idle, it sounds like a tractor. Nice. Um, until it opens up. When you get it out on the highway and stomp on it, it sounds like, you know, the gates of hell opening up. But um, <laughs> but when it's putting down the street at five miles an hour, it sounds like a tractor. Just, you That's know. so interesting. So I would laugh at it. But, I mean, you know, like you stereotype this guy. And if you saw him pull up to a club or at church or whatever in this nice shiny Viper and he got out and he had a nice three piece suit on and you'd be like, man, this guy is super successful. (laughs) He lives in a big mansion. He's got a nice job, you know? And the truth is, is that he bought the cheapest house he could find because he wanted to buy a Viper. And you know, I mean, Hey, 
You know, but you just make that assumption. It's funny though, because when you said that guy got his priorities wrong, you know, initially that's most people's judgment, but it's like maybe right. he just wanted a nice car. Right, right. And, and maybe I was it doesn't about matter that because where he that lives. sounds like something that I would have done. You know, like yeah, don't spend money on food, but I'm going to buy a nice guitar or a saxophone or something like that. You yeah. know, what I mean. What's your priorities, you know? Well, and we all have different reasons too, right? Like it's because, I mean, you don't buy, you're not buying that nice guitar to impress people so much as you're like, this no. is going to sound amazing and I want to. Really want one, yeah. I want to be the best I can at what I do. So I want the tool that will get me there, right? Yeah. I think is most yeah. musicians' way of thinking. So. I don't know. It's funny. Everybody has different motivations. And I guess my thing is to learn not to judge those motivations necessarily. But I mean, we got to also call it when we see it and say, I I believe you are storing up treasures on earth right now. And Jesus says not to do that. Right. Right. Because if you do that, you, you pursue your rewards on earth and you receive your rewards. But if you store up your treasures in heaven, then your rewards will be greater and they will last forever and you won't lose them when you die. So that's the best kind of rewards. I mean, if you want earthly rewards and you want fame and fortune and all the success and stuff that goes with it, then that's fine. But you are going to make a sacrifice to do that one way or the other. So you have to know that going into it, that, you know, that that's, that is, there's always a trade-off always. So, yeah. Anyways, oh, good news. Um, we are, I'm going to be back on worship team this week. I'm going to be playing guitar again. Where at? After like a six or seven week hiatus. Uh, oh, same I'm really place. Itching. No, different place. Different place? Um, different place. And we can get into that discussion at some other point. Um, there is a lot to discuss about moving churches. Yeah. And... There's a lot of good and bad things to talk about it. And I really, uh, there's, gosh, I mean, at this point in, in my Christian walk, I've been a member of probably a dozen different churches over the last 25 years. And some of them, well, obviously, we've left all of them except for the one we're at currently. Duh. Um, we're not like, you know, double, triple dipping. But right. <laughs> we... um but there's the the circumstances around each one of those was different you know right and sometimes i moved because i got a job out of state sometimes we moved because the church wanted to hire me sometimes we moved because the church had a really bad split and we didn't feel it was right for us to be there anymore sometimes we i mean it's just all different reasons and so um there's a lot of one of the biggest truths that debbie and i have really started to discuss about this is like my wife really had a hard time with this one and it was because she allowed the church as a whole as an as an organization the local church to have more authority in her life than god wow and that was a big stopping point for her and she's like wait wait hold up something's not right here when i am more afraid of doing what I know is right or whatever, what I feel God is telling me to do because I'm afraid of what the church will say or what will happen or, you know, or to do or not do something. Um, and she realized that she's like, I, I was looking to them for approval. I was looking to them as my authority. And we, we had really long discussions about that and it caused a lot of, a lot of issues, and there's, oh gosh, there's, I mean, so many things. Do you think um, we could um, do like half an hour on that for the Wax Museum? Yeah, I I wouldn't mind talking about that on the Wax Museum. In fact, there's a lot of issues that we're still working through the aftermath of, but we've learned so much from this this last particular situation that we left. Um, There were some extenuating circumstances behind it. And ultimately it was kind of, uh, how do they say that when, when people mutually split up, they call it, it was just a irreconcilable difference. That's right. That's basically what it ended up. It's ended up what it ended up being. I didn't really want to leave, 
I wanted it to work out, but for several, several reasons, it just didn't. And uh, on several different, each one of those reasons um, had different weight and different circumstances around them. And uh, Debbie had different reasons than I did. And my kids had different reasons. And some of them haven't there. Some of them are still there. So it was, it's still, we're still trying to sort out okay, what, what would be the best way to deal with these kind of issues and still honor God and still, you know, not hurt people's feelings and be, but, and at the same time, we want to be honest, you know? So, um, and you know, some of the background on that, I've, I've told you a little bit of the, the story behind that. Right. So you kind of know where I'm coming from, but um, yeah, it, it was, it was hard. And so I'd love to discuss that with you at some point where we can really get into the details about that. We will, we will. Anyways, yo, yeah, um, man, it's just all the experiences we go through makes us who we are today or tomorrow, <laughs> and I did yeah. not, yeah, I really did not deliver that well. I guess basically everything that's happened to me up to this point has made me who I am today. <laughs> that's better. Who I am. I wouldn't change a thing. Oh, no, no. Hey, a little bit of 8-Bit Gangster for you. (laughs) I like that song. Anyways, yeah, no, it's... it's, Yeah, and he's got a good point with that. Anyways, I think we can call this... I'll leave you you with this. This is the the last thing that I'll talk about. When we talk about circumstances like leaving a church or things going the way we didn't expect them to... Right. We we really there's a lot of polarizing emotions that go with that, especially if you've been hurt emotionally. Um that you tend to think of it as a bad or, you know, a a good experience going somewhere else or a bad experience leaving somewhere. And my boss told me this story. He said there was a guy, a farmer, who had this beautiful white horse. Um uh. and all of his neighbors all of his neighbors told him that it was a blessing to have such a beautiful animal mm-hmm. in his you know, possession. And one year there was a famine and they were starving and his neighbors said, oh, this horse is a blessing. You need to sell it for money. You could get a lot of money for it and then you could buy food. But the farmer said, no, no, I'm going to hold on to the horse. I'm not going to do anything with it. And then the famine passed and the horse disappeared. And so... His neighbors were like, oh, that's a, what a curse. You know, you had this horse that you could have sold for food money and then, then it disappeared and now you have nothing. And the farmer said, all I know is that the horse isn't where in the stable. I don't know if it's not for me to say whether it's a blessing or a curse. All I know is the horse isn't here. You know, yeah. what's going to come of that? I don't know. So a week later, the horse comes back with 10 other horses in tow, beautiful wild stallions. Um, and so all his neighbors are like, oh, wow, what a blessing that it went away. Because now, look, it came back with all these other horses. And now you have even more horses, you know. And so the guy's like, I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse. All I know is that now I have 11 horses. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's not for me to say if that's a good or a bad thing. And so right. a week later, the guy, the farmer's son, is breaking one of the wild horses. He falls and breaks both of his legs. So all of his neighbors are like, oh, what a curse, man. God has yeah. cursed this. You know, you should you should have gotten rid of these horses when you had the chance. And the farmer yeah. says, all I know is my son's legs are broken. I'm not to say if that's a good or a bad thing. It is what it is. So then a couple of weeks later, a huge war breaks out, and all the young men get drafted to go to war and die, except for, guess what? The farmer's son with broken legs. He stays home. That's right. So then all of his neighbors are like, oh, what an incredible blessing it was that he broke his legs, you know. And so it's like we assign all of this value to our circumstances based right. on what we want the outcome to be. Yeah. You know, we have these preconceived notions of what we think, how we think things should turn out. And when they don't turn out that way, we think, oh, well, that was a bad situation or this was a horrible experience uh, or whatever. And so... I feel guilty about things like that. We, we, we do that. But when, when we came out of this particular situation and we decided that we were going to move to another church, there were a lot of reasons for us to leave. There were reasons for us to stay. We decided to leave. 
And I felt guilty about it because I wanted it to work. I really right. did. But for us to have stayed, it would have taken a lot more work than it was really worth. And our family was suffering for it. So we decided not to. But at the same time, I don't really know the exact reason why God had us there in the first place. Right. I don't know if he had us there to be an example to other families or yeah. for us to learn something or for us to just learn how to deal with these kind of situations. I don't really know. It's not for me to say if it yeah. was a good or a bad situation. All I know is this is what happened. We made this decision based on that and we'll see what God does with that. Yeah. That's all I can say. It's forming you. you. Know? Whatever it is, it's forming you. That's right, awesome. Right, exactly. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap. And for ADD Masterminds, uh, I'm Jeff, and he's John. <laughs> and we, yes, you're John, he is. aren't you? I'm you. You're you, Ghost. and I'm me. Ghost. 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 <laughs> okay, this was supposed to be an outro, but it's totally not working. <laughs> you need to put that in there. Ghost. <laughs> Listen up, I stick to the boss when the times are tough When we got a master plan that goes sideways I stare no matter what he blows up Turn it up! I'm the best sidekick, listen up I stick to the boss when the times are tough When we got a master plan that goes sideways I stare no matter what he blows up Turn it up! I'm the best sidekick, listen up I stick to the boss when times are tough When we got a master plan that goes sideways I stay no matter what he blows up Turn it up I'm the best sidekick, listen up I stick to the boss when times are tough When we got a master plan that goes sideways I stay no matter what he blows up Turn it up this three gritty reboot three catch you all on the flippity floppity <laughs> flippity floppity you're killing me john